0: morning saints Good morning. Good morning. i was encouraged when i came into the house of the lord today Amen. Amen. i um have been working on this and what a confirmation <laughs> brother david spoke from the same chapter and talked about some of the same they, they, this was a great confirmation to me that the lord's with us He's leading us into the path of righteousness for his name's sake. Amen. See, this isn't just about us. It is about us, but it's, this is about Jesus. It's about his kingdom, what he's doing on the behalf of God. Now, I want to talk today about the abiding nature of faith. Amen. See, everything, if you can see it right, everything that we have from God, it springs from our faith. If it doesn't, it, we should question it. If it doesn't have any connection to your faith, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. If it doesn't fit into that context, there's probably something wrong with it. Now, a grave and a most serious spiritual crime, these are the worst crimes you can do, is spiritual crimes, is taking place in the church of our time. Those who should be preaching the complete or the total counsel of God in their messages are, in fact, slicing it up And just serving up what they think is best. See, they're—they're—in other words, they're just taking their own preferences and injecting that as the will of God, but it's not the will of God. God's given us a whole counsel. In in other words, He hasn't held back anything—not any good thing. There's a tidal wave of false emphasis in the church, perpetuated by doctrinal slants. They say, "Well, but this is what we believe, and so that's what they teach. That's what they preach, and they leave off what God said." This tidal wave—it's washing up on the shores of Christ. It's changing the face of the church. No more can they say we are a light set on a hill, because by their own omission of godliness of what God said in Christ of what He said in the Scriptures. Because they omit that, they can't stand in the evil time. Amen. Well, now, it is true that truth is fallen in the streets. In our time, I mean, you don't have to be a genius in the spirit to, fight, to look out there and see something's wrong. Something's not right. But those with faith in God are still moved to stand fast, even in the midst of this. Amen. Faith is triumphing over all this. So, see, it may look like like things are falling, but they're not. God's in control. Jesus is reigning at his own right hand, and he's giving faith to whomsoever he will. And that faith is just as strong and vibrant as Paul's faith was, as Jesus' faith was. See, we say we will never surrender. We will never give up. Why? Because faith leads us to this conclusion that if we'll just keep pressing in, eventually we will gain the prize. It's there. He's holding it out. He's not holding back. Who wants the prize? Keep pressing in. You'll get it. That's my aim today in this message to highlight the present effectiveness of faith. To consistently connect the believer to the abundant supply that's in Christ Jesus. There's an abundance in him. And so he said, well, who does he give it to? Those who press in. See, those who desire with all their heart. He he satisfies the hungry. 1 John 2.28 says, and now, little children, abide in him. See, this is a secret. You know, to just like secrets of the kingdom. How are you going to grow and abide in him? That's how you grow. That when he shall appear, we may have confidence and not be ashamed before him at his coming. He's going to come. He promised he would. And the question is, it, the question isn't, is he going to come? It's what are you going to do when he does? Are you going to stand there and say, it's our God, we waited for him. Or are you going to call for the rocks on the mountains to fall on you? There are two ex- expressions that the scriptures teach us. Which one has captured your attention? Now Paul, in, in this, this, this scripture here in 1 Corinthians 13, 13, I think it's been grossly misunderstood, but but now abideth faith, hope, and Charity, these three. But the greatest of these is charity. That's what it says. That's what it means. Now, Paul was not teaching that it's possible for any believer to possess hope and have the ability to express godly charity independent from our faith. That's right. See, this is the thing. It, Paul's not teaching that. Then why are men teaching that? Because they don't understand it. They think he says, well, he said the greatest is charity, so obviously it must it must do away with faith and hope. Charity must be the greatest thing. Well, charity, it says it says, well, wait a minute, it says it's the greatest thing, so it's got to be the greatest thing. But what is he talking about? See, and this is what we're gonna think about for a few minutes. Now the just shall live by faith. Yes. Now, isn't it interesting? That it doesn't say, and the just shall live by charity. It isn't what it says, but why isn't it? Because hope and charity are bound up in faith. You can't have faith and not express it. And charity is the expression, the action of faith. What does charity get done? It gets done with faith. Faith knows what to do. And charity reaches out. It's like the arm. It reaches out and it does things just like hope reaches out. The hope is an expression of your faith. Nobody can help in God without faith. It would be insanity. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. It's the evidence of things not seen. It's real and it does something in the believer. Without faith, it's impossible to please him. Notice that it doesn't say without charity. It's impossible. Why? Because they're together. They're one. You can't separate them. And when, when they start co- being compartmentalized to where you got charity here and hope and faith, you've missed the point, what Paul's talking about. Paul's talking about these brethren weren't being charitable. And he's trying to help them see it's because you're, you're weak in faith. That's Why? there is an abiding nature to all three of these because all three of these are totally connected you can't separate them so see as you live by faith and you walk in the spirit you will see things you'll have hope of things not seen you'll start desiring things that you can't see with your eyes but you can see them with the eyes of faith you can see them; they're real. They're just in heaven. So faith is our connection, our hardwire connection to the things that are not seen. And then in that reality, in as hope anticipates what God's, you'll be moved with compassion for others, just like Jesus was. And you'll do things that ordinarily you may not have even noticed or seen. But see, faith—it's leading you in these ways now faith I wrote down there some of the definitions of it but see the spirit gave us the definition of faith it's the substance of things hoped for it's the evidence of things not seen see faith along with it implies trust total reliance on God in other words faith will lead you to lay down your life in order that you might experience the life of Christ The chapter breaks between chapter 13 and 14 somewhat obscure the text, and I think this has helped for people to come to wrong conclusions. Let's read it as it as it was written. And now abideth faith, hope, charity, these three. But the greatest of these is charity. Follow after charity and desire spiritual gifts, but rather that you may prophesy. Now, I don't think if people put that together, they would come to think that we don't need the other things. As long as we got charity, we're okay. But that's not true. In fact, you can have charity independent from faith. It just won't happen. You may be able to go out and do some good for people. But it won't. I mean, come on. You can mow your neighbor's grass for the rest of of the time you're alive. But that's not what's going to cause you to see unseen realities, right? That's not going to conform you into the nature see see, I'm not like charity bashing I I want us to understand where charity comes from real charity it comes from faith it comes from believing God walking with God living in the spirit and then he'll show us he'll open doors of opportunity that we'll be able to walk in we'll be able to benefit those around us because of our faith See, a wrong emphasis always leads to a wrong place. It always does. A wrong emphasis can't lead us into the right realm because it's of the devil. When you start going down a road where all of a sudden you become the most important person and what you do is the most important thing, it can't be right. Jesus is the most important person. And what he does is the most important work. And he's working in you both to will and to do of his good pleasure. Faith is something that's lived out all the time. You're living out whatever's in you. Whatever, if God put faith in you, you're living by faith, you will hope be filled with it, and you'll do good to those around you. You will. You don't have to be, be admonished to do something you already want and desire to do. See, this is just blows out of you now apostle Peter ministers these words about the progression of faith see faith isn't something you get you've got the whole thing and now you can just sit down and it's all done no there's a progression and, and I'm glad it's this way because when you come into the kingdom you're not equipped to understand it all but look at what Peter's going to tell us Simon Peter a servant and apostle of Jesus Christ to them that have obtained like precious faith now, they've obtained it, but there's, you say, well, is that the end? No, this is just the beginning. You've obtained something, and now God's going to work with that to lead you in, into a greater understanding. They've attained like precious faith with us through the righteousness of God, and, this, and our Savior Jesus Christ, grace and peace be multiplied unto you through the knowledge of God. That, that's important. And of Jesus, our Lord, according, this is why he gave it to you. It says, divine power hath given unto us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him that hath called us to glory and virtue, whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises that by these or by the belief of these or by the apprehension of these, you might be partakers of the divine nature. Having escaped the corruption of the world through lust. I want to read verses five to eight from the um, the American Standard Version because I think it actually captures what, what, what Peter's saying here. Yea, and for this very cause, adding on your part all diligence. See how faith is he's it's working in you. Faith, you, if you've got the real thing, it will produce something in you that God will receive. In your faith, supply virtue. As you grow, as you're, as you're living for God, you'll, you'll, you'll be virtuous. <laughs> you'll seek the best thing. You will. And in your virtue, knowledge. You see how the progression, as you walk through, everything that we need for life and godliness is contained in Christ. But see, faith is your connection to him. See, without faith, you'll never know what Christ wants you to do. You'll just be guessing at best. And in your knowledge... Self control. Well, we need, we need this in the day we're living in. Self control where you, you can guide, you can have. See, faith will lead this to you. Bring it to you, the ability to be able to control yourself. And in your self control, patience, endurance, you'll be able to last out. The attack of the devil, whatever it is, you'll be able to live longer than your trouble. And in your patience, godliness, and in your godliness, brother, kindness, and in your brotherly kindness, love. For if these things are yours, that's the big question, isn't it? The big question is, if we're going on to perfection, we will be perfected. But, but what if they're not? What if it's just it's a verse that um, I, I received that from the Lord, but I got a lot of, a lot of living to do out here. I'm going to get on with it. God has a, given you what you need in order to b- progress and grow, grow up in Christ. And that's faith. Faith produces fruit that God will receive. Amen. Faith does not do anything under, independent from our involvement in knowing and understanding Christ. Amen. Hope and charity are both ministered through the fellowship that we are presently experiencing through our faith in God. That's how it comes. Now, the Bible in basic English says it like this. So for this very cause, take every care, joining virtue. To faith, you see how we're we're, we're involved in this. Amen. This isn't something that's just haphazardly. I wake up one morning and oh, I love the people of God more. That isn't how it happened. This is spiritual effort. We're casting off the works of darkness. Amen. See, we're we're, we're 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 maintaining an order in our so we're serve God first and and cast off the works of darkness. Why? So we can put on the armor of God. Darby version reads like this, but for this very reason also, using therewith all diligence in your faith, have also virtue. Also. See, this is something you're getting bigger, more capable to serve Christ. There are very real things that faith works in those, but they only work in those who live by it. That's the only way. See, faith is is not something that you just, is a part-time partner. You're going to have faith until Jesus comes back. Then faith will be replaced with sight. That doesn't mean we'll stop trusting and relying on God. Actually, we'll be trusting and relying on Him more than we ever have. But there's an aspect of faith that's going to diminish. We're going to see Him as He is. And in seeing Him, we're going to be transformed into the same image Oh, it's just going to be, it's not, it's the, the spiritual man. Everything's getting brighter and brighter and brighter. And if it's not, there's a problem. And the problem's going to be found at the foundation to be with our faith. Right. Jesus says, where is your faith? By now, he, what he was saying is by now, been with me for three years. Where's your faith? God expects us to grow up To be able to handle faith rightly Unless faith is actively at work And those who possess it Producing the things that only faith can supply They will not possess faith It will be some kind of fractured Pretend faith Something that makes them feel better about themselves I have faith Well if you have faith Then I ought to be able to be seeing Some fruit of that faith Say, well, don't judge me. What else can I do? Faith is the substance of things hoped for. And if you are hoping for things you can't see, I'll know it. It's very evident. It shines right through. Actually, whatever we love shines right through. Just as. Hope and charity are the outworking or fruit or manifestation of our faith, even so, the lack of faith will produce all manner of evil in men's hearts that's what will happen if you don't have faith towards God you're you're opened yourself up to the devil it's a faithful saying this is a um, second Timothy two eleven. it is a faithful saying for if we be dead with him we shall also live with him if we suffer we shall also reign with him if we deny him he also will deny us This is a fact. This isn't like fairy tales. Either we're going to live for Christ and He's going to receive us, or we're not and He's going to deny us. So, so how do you know? How does a person know if they're serving Christ? Well, how's your faith? Do a checkup on your faith. Are you? Do you really believe that God made the world? That God sent His Son to die for you, and He's coming back to receive you again? See, everyone can answer that question, and if they can, if they can answer it favorably, yes, I believe that. Then you have faith. It's the only way you can believe it. But see, faith, in its infancy, doesn't do much. It's got to have to grow up. Remember, it's like a seed. It's a, it's it's just little, but it's real. It's real faith that connects you to a big God. But it's got to grow up. It's got to become like that tree. Takes a, and it will. The effectiveness of faith. The faith of God's elect is not weak. Say, well, well, you know, I just my faith is just waning, you know. But it's not the faith's problem; it's your problem. Faith is strong. It, It can sustain everyone who has it. We may read of some who were weak in the faith, but that's because faith what was insufficient. I mean, it wasn't that the faith was insufficient to make them strong. Their perception. See, in other words, they weren't laying down their life. Now we, are, we do have to do that. You want faith to grow, but well, then you're going to have to cast off the works of darkness. That's what's required. That's right. You can't have faith and live and live comfortably in this world. I mean the devil's going to take advantage. if, you, if a person understanding is weak in this area, the devil will take over. This is what, we've got to be strong in faith. And it glorifies God too. The Apostle John reminds us about the believer's tenuous situation. We are living in a world that's against God. Let that therefore abide in you which you have heard from the beginning, if that which you have heard from the beginning shall remain in you. We're living in a world that wants to take away one thing from you your faith. If if faith can be neutralized, then all the benefits of faith disappear. Now you may remember a remnant of a time when you had faith and comfort yourself to see I had faith. But that faith is not going to do anything for you on the day of judgment. Either it's in you or it's not in you. And you have to come to these conclusions. You have to do a Checkup. Am I still in the faith? Am I still pressing towards the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus? If he showed up right now, would I be ushered in the glory or would I be cast into the lake of fire? This is real. Yep. Amen. Amen. God's faith is effective to keep us from falling. We don't want to fall. We don't want to fall. Faith can keep us from falling. Amen. Those who continue in the faith, they will be saved. Now, see, that sounds easy. But the working out of that, it'll take every bit of strength you have. And then God will have to give you some more. Yep. That's, that's, how, that's how serious this is. Yeah. Faith is able to keep every believer. There's not one believer that's going to fall by the wayside because they're a believer. Yep. <laughs> but we are saved by hope. But hope that is not seen, that is seen is not hope. See, if if you're saying, well, I have a lot of faith. I have faith that um, this week I'm going to get my paycheck. That's not faith at all. Even ungodly people get a paycheck every Friday or Wednesday or whenever. He's talking about the unseen realities. Yes, Who do you believe created the world? You'll get a thousand different answers. Faith says God did. for what a man seeth why does he hope for but if we hope for that we see not it, it, of course it, it, you know you say this out loud in this environment you might get have be sent to a psychologist what do you mean you can see things that aren't really there no they're really there you just can't see them they're really there but see you can't convince somebody without faith that that's real Or valid. Do you want to be fully saved? I mean, we've been saved. And and by his grace, we're being saved. But see, there's going to come a time when we are saved. Faith will have done a complete work. It will have sanctified us, set us apart, brought us into the service of his son. Faith will have energized us, given us strength along the way. But ultimately, faith is for the end. It's when we can stand and say, we believed you. We did what you told us to do, Father. And he'll say, well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful with a few things. I'm going to give you many things. Enter into the joy of the Lord. See, if you want to be fully saved, now here's the the, the negative. You're going to have to wait for it. Now, see, right now we, we, we have partial salvation, but pretty soon, if you'll wait for it, if you'll wait for it, God will give you the whole kingdom. Now, this is, this is the way it is. We're going to reign with Christ in his kingdom. It, what is that worth to a person? Faith says it's worth everything. It's worth everything. Amen. We're saved by hope. So what are we hoping for, right? If we're saved by hope, then we have to examine ourselves what really is dominating my affection? What do I want more than anything else in the whole world? Say, well, whatever that is, it'll diagnose your hope level. What are you hoping for? Well, say I'm hoping to be delivered from this present evil world. That's what I'm hoping for. I don't really want anything in this present evil world. God supplies us. He's good to us. He gives us things as we need it. But see, we're going to gladly leave it all behind because we got a greater substance up ahead. We've already considered that hope is the fruit. Or the active stance of faith, faith in its forward posture, believes God, Amen. and it's actively pursuing the things that can see. So those who have weak faith are in a very, very bad place. They don't realize it. You know, not because they'll come along with but what goes along with having weak faith is that you all of a sudden start making excuses, right? You say, well, God understands. No, God doesn't understand. He's given you all things that pertain to life and God, and he's given you a good, strong faith. What did you do with it? Faith is handicapped in those who are not filled with hope. You can't really justify being any other way than filled with hope. God's given us a good hope, a strong hope. Okay, now, now why would I not be filled with it? Because I've put something else in in the way i've allowed something else to come and shield because see this present evil world it, it can get in the way but see hope hope can see right through it can it? oh yeah the devil thinks that holiness before my eyes is going to have an effect but hope sees right through it and sees the eternal he says no i'd rather have jesus than anything else hope is the eye of faith And it's 2020 vision doesn't even compare with the vision of hope. It can see things and then see faith believes all things, right? Faith will reach out and it will say, I want the thing that I want what God's showing me. It's the eye of faith, but it's focused. What's its main focus? God's promises, the things that God has promised to those who love him. God's made a lot of promises, and He's going to fulfill every one of them. Hope, hope believes that. Hope says they're mine. By faith, they're mine. So, uh, moreover, brethren, I declare unto you the gospel which I preached unto you, which also you have received, and wherein you stand, by which also you are saved. If it's in there, I, I read it. It's even in the original. If if you keep in memory what I preached on you, unless you have believed in vain. Say, well, now, my denomination doesn't believe that a person can fall away. Uh, Believe me, you'll get this. You encounter people, they'll say, well, don't, once you're saved, you can't fall away. Well, then, what's the apostle talking about? Why is he telling this to the Corinthians? Because they were on their way out. That's why he wanted to say they had to they had to reinvestigate. Do I even have faith? But see, Paul was faithful. Paul told him anyway. Paul said the words to him because he knew it would excite faith in those who really love God. Those who had perhaps just become dull hearing. Sharpen up that hearing. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. Now, if, if, if at any time our hope diminishes, it's because our faith has diminished. Yep. Yes. Amen. We'll find that the effectual working of faith always produces hope and charity. Always. It can't, it, it won't produce something spurious. It won't. Faith is is, is faithful. So a person have obtained like precious faith, they'll be filled with hope and they'll be cherished. Now, as Moses was So, are we to some extent? We're being saved as, <clears throat> as we behold him who is invisible. Now, how are you going to be changed into the same image from glory to glory when you can't see the person in your physical stance? I can't stand here and see Jesus, but by faith, I can see him. See, by faith, we can see God. <laughs> I tell you, wherefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, not in my presence only, but now much more in my absence. Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. Nobody else is going to work it out for you. You work it out. Your faith will supply you everything you need. Live by faith. For it is God, which worketh in you, both to do and to will, thank you very much, of his good pleasure. It's God that sustains your faith, right? Amen. Amen. Say, now, if I just work really hard, man, I know I can get this faith thing going again. I know I can get it going. It's God that sustains faith. And he sustains it through Christ Jesus, who sustains it through the Holy Spirit and then to your person. So, see, as we're submitting, we're called to submit to one another. Why? Because it builds up our faith. Builds up. We edify one another in love. That's why we come here today, to be edified, built up, so our faith will be strong and vibrant, and we'll be able to overcome tomorrow and the day after that. Notice how careful faith is to provoke the believer To obey, to work out their own salvation. See, you read that scripture, work out your own salvation, and faith says, yes, we can do, we can do this. We're going to work out our own salvation. In other words, I'm going to submit to God every day, every moment of every day. He's God, I'm not. Faith will align you with the good pleasure of God. Now, charity, I'm going to call that the active demonstration of faith or a faith that works it's real charity is a demonstration of what's inside of you and so see if you only say well what i need to increase in charity i need to increase in charity the bible never ever talks like that talks about increasing in faith because when you do have greater faith you will express more charity it will happen Do all things without murmuring and disputings. That's what it says. How are you going to do that? Well we all know you can't. We don't have power over the other person. How are we going to do that? By faith. Faith's going to supply. <clears throat> of course, it takes faith in all of us if we're going to get along. Do all things without murmuring, and disputing, that you may be blameless. And harmless, the sons of God without rebuke in the midst of a crooked and perverse nation. Yeah. Woo, God can even do it in the middle of trouble when everything around you is going crazy. But by faith, if you're submitting to God. You can have peace even in that moment, knowing that um, God's with you. Among whom you shine as lights in the world. Uh, now, th- this is important holding forth the word of life don't grow weary in well doing see if you you don't faint along the way eventually see God's your ministry is going to be recognized now whether it's going to be recognized here or in heaven it's going to be recognized you can't have faith and live for God and him ignore you it's just not going to happen that way Faith teaches us to consider every believer in the body of Christ as a valid, profitable member. See, we're members of one another. We're joined together. The joints and the bands, they, they, they hold this, this cognitive faith together as a whole. We can be faithful together. Yes, See, we're helping each other. Romans twelve ten says it's for to be kindly affection one to another with brotherly love in honor, preferring one another. Amen. How does that happen, faith? Faith leads us to, to to come to this conclusion. Paul. As great as he was, he had a preference for the brethren. Look at how much he gave them. Yeah. Why did he do that? Why did he put himself in such perilous situations? because he had faith that's why and and he so he preferred them over himself put himself second and what happened well look at look at what happened we still have his word today how effective is faith it unifies the body of christ that's what it does see we all have like precious faith Now, you can go to Ephesians 4, 11 through 13, talk about what he put in the church. He gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers for the perfecting of the saints. You know, the things God's given you primarily aren't for you. They're for you to share. Now, as you do, they're going to bless you, but they're not going to bless you as much if you don't share them. It's when you share them. That's when all of a sudden they take on prominence in yourself. You share them and, and and see there's once you heard it, but see now when you share it, you're hearing it all over again. And then other expressions of other believers, and before you know it, you you've you've grown in your own expression. This is faith. Faith will do this. Amen. For the perfecting of the saints. For now I know ministry's falling on hard times, but this is why we talk about it. For the ministry. See, we don't want to let the ministry to fall aside or to fail. We come together primarily we're ministering to God. You see, we do come together. We are benefited by being together, but but our expression or our ministry, God's receiving it or he's not receiving it. And when God receives it, he always sends a blessing. Have you ever been here and you've been increased? I've been increased. I've been built up. That came from God. So how long do we have to do this till we all come into the unity of the faith? When Jesus comes back, we're going to have a big move up, right? Talk about being filled. We're going to be filled to the brim when Jesus comes back whatever whatever stasis you 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 maintain whatever wherever you're at he says whoever is holy let him be holy still right whoever's filthy let him be filthy still whoever's just well see the thing is is that god's gonna he's gonna find everyone in a certain place faith will prepare you for that time every member of the body of christ is profitable but they're profitable only as they share the measure they've been given we've all been given a measure as we share that then the body together grows up into a holy house now paul's ordered the church to know them which labored among them see why did paul want people to have more respect for him than christ no that's what paul's saying Paul's saying, you need to find the people who have seen a lot and be around them. You need to be around people who have an understanding so that you can grow in your understanding. God's usually, if you really check it out, that God's put somebody in the body that already understands this thing. Now you talk, you seek them out, seek, seek them out. Paul, Paul would eventually say, follow me as I follow Christ. Did Paul want people to worship him? No, that wasn't the point. He wanted people to worship God. But see, there's, it's more complicated than men dare imagine. God set the members in the, in the body as it pleased him. And we ought to give honor, do honor where honor is due. Why? Because, see, this doesn't come on them by accident. God set the members in the body. This is his body. As we submit one to another... These brothers will rise to the surface, and, and that's what, see, they would be the first one to point to Christ. They would. And to esteem them very highly in love because they're great people. No, for their work's sake, they're serving God. And so, you know, well, it doesn't take it too long in the kingdom of God if you're serious. You'll find yourself gravitating to those who have a great understanding it's just why because you want to know god you want to know more you want to see more and as soon as you see more then see you'll be able to share more with him and and it's interesting how i remember first time that i was really blessed uh, by brother fred i i saw something that he was talking about and then i said it in my own words and he says thank you for that he says i, I needed that perspective i thought how in the world could i say anything that would that's the way the body works It's fitly framed together. Jesus is in the midst, and he's working through all the members of the body so that together we'll all grow up. Eventually he's going to present us to his father as a a bride, choice, precious bride. And Then God himself is going to move into the body. Faith, hope, and charity, these three, as one are presently being employed by Christ to perfect a body that God will soon inhabit. See, he's it, it this is Christ's work in the church. Where we're, we're the, the ones that the work's being done on. But God, who is rich in mercy for his great love wherewith he loved us, even when we were dead in sins, hath quickened us together with Christ. And raised us up together and made us sit in heavenly places in Christ that in the ages to come. This is where this whole thing's leading. Faith is going to be understood for what it really is when we see the total effects of it. When we enter into glory, we'll see, look what faith did. Look what it accomplished. Christ worked through your faith and he's brought you into such a great land. Raised us up together. The fullness of the effectiveness of faith cannot adequately be measured until the project is complete. But when it is, we're going to see that God was in Christ reconciling the world to its to, to Himself. But along the way, every believer becomes a living testimony of that corporate effectiveness. And I, I know you've all experienced this: that you, you'll be out there, you'll be talking to someone, and and they'll say something that you haven't. Really pursued. You haven't really seen it. But when they do, your spirit will resonate with their spirit. You'll say that was good. What is that? That's God working in each one of the members. I never even met the person before, but it doesn't matter. I know what's in them because of what they shared, what they said. I know they're operating by faith when they're faithful, right? God has prepared the people in his son. In order that in the ages to come, he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness towards us. Nobody can be kinder than God. All right, I mean, as you in your measure, as you walk by faith and you live in the spirit, you'll have moments where you 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 have you'll you, you be kind to people. You aren't like so today I have to be kind to so, and so. you'll be kind. It just comes out. Why? Because see, God's working in you. This is the kindness of God, and that really sometimes the, the for some people my greatest kindness was to tell them, if you don't repent, you're gonna go to hell. Yeah. I was being kind to them. Say, well, that didn't didn't sound kind to me. Well, if you believe it, you'll see. You'll come to know that wait a minute, I needed I needed that. Well, I've had I've had a lot of words spoken to me that realigned my thinking at the time. They might have seemed a little harsh, but that's because where I was at. But see, as you see that God's God's faithful, he'll give you exactly what you need to grow up in the Christ. And sometimes, well, to be quite frank, I needed I needed to be confronted I needed to, 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 to be made to think about what I just said. And I think all of us are that way to some degree. We're growing up the Christ. And so uh, how effective is faith? It's as, as effective as it needs to be to bring us to glory, to get us ready to inhabit the world to come. And I thank you, brother.